I'm Tarina. And I'm Kelly. We're the owners of Say Events, a wedding planning company based in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. This podcast is an honest, behind-the-scenes, no-bullshit look into the wedding industry. With over 15 years' experience in the biz, we share the inside details of what goes on into creating a wedding. We'll interview wedding experts, debate topics, and give you real advice only a wedding planner would know. Maybe it's just our moms, but at least we think we're wildly hilarious. Yes, a wedding has many elements and pieces to bring the day together, but that doesn't mean we can't do it with belly laughs and a sense of humor. This is your consultation. Welcome to the wedding session. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast, The Wedding Session with Say Events. I am Tarina. And I am Kelly, and we are very excited to welcome our guest, Stephanie Aitken of Railtown Catering. Yay! Hello, hello ladies. <laughs> nice to be chatting with you this morning. Yay! Oh my goodness. Yeah, we were um, yeah, we we're just doing a quick little recap because it's been a while since we've we've hung out since we've talked with everything that's going on oh my goodness but I find we the three of us will get together with food and usually booze involved <laughs> usually although last time I saw you you were pregnant so oh I was I had, doing that. oh yes I so, had iced tea but oh the yeah. dessert was good yeah that was yeah <laughs> long overdue it was long yeah. overdue yeah yes. for sure that's awesome. Well, I thought we'd uh, take it way back to uh, to how we met, Steph. Actually, you and I. So we mm-hmm. met. Thank. We keep talking about this, but the butler did a catering. It's All the, roads the, lead back to the butler. The company that just yeah. keeps on giving, but it's it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing actually because our industry is so small. Like everyone just knows everyone, and we all kind of like migrate around a little bit. But yeah, like you and I, we used to we used to kick it back at the, the a butler. long time ago. Yeah, it was <laughs> funny. 2013, 2014. No, really? Yeah. Yep. 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 Dang. Yeah, because it was right before Tarina started in 2015. Yes. Yeah, you were leaving your role at in corporate when I was coming in. I think we had maybe a two month overlap or something. I think there was yeah. a little bit. Yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 I worked in the old corporate catering yeah. office. Yeah. We were across the hall. Yeah. Across the hall from each other. <laughs> <laughs> Like a simple roll in a wave. <laughs> yeah, it was just like ro- roll the seat back, wave out the window, be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> I was always jealous your office seemed like the fun office. There's always it was. things going on in there. <laughs> no, I think, I probably think the events office was fun because there were so many random challenges, which you know now, that we had to come up with mm-hmm. some weird solutions to the point that you just go crazy and you're like, yeah, that what? sounds good. We're going to roll like 18 cases of wine in an elevator. Sure. <laughs> 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 Like just the stupidest things. You're like, sure, I guess we can do it. They'll let us through the front door. But yeah. yeah um, no so how long were you in corporate for there? Just about a year. And then I uh, moved on to Peak of Catering. I did a little catering bounce. Uh, and then I was at Peak for about three years until I came to Railtown. Was Butler your first introduction to catering? Or had you done catering? It was. Okay. No, no, it wasn't. Um, so yeah, it was my first. I was previously working... Uh, in an art gallery in Gastown. Um, it was a First Nations art gallery. It sold really beautiful high-end um, was it, carvings. Was it, was it coastal? Yeah, it was coastal yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'd been working there for three years, and I really liked what I was doing. It was like a really interesting mix of sales and photography and managing web platforms and doing a lot of different 
cool tasks that I really like and uh, I'm well, I'm, I'm good at. Cool. Uh, but it, it sort of felt a bit dead end. I didn't really know where I was going to go from there. Yep. Um, and, you know, I was just saying, you know, after you work somewhere for a few years, you're just, you know, you're not super mm-hmm. feeling it anymore. Yes. Um, I ended up having to take a trip over to Toronto uh, suddenly to deal with some family stuff and then came back and just knew that it wasn't really for me anymore. So I just quit <laughs> and said I was going to find something new and I didn't know what it was. I mean, I was still pretty young at the time, like 23 or 24 um, oh my god yeah you were such a baby when you started <laughs> and so I was like oh, reception catering I had an interview uh, and I took it and I just I rolled with it from there I mean I had I had managed my the planning of my own wedding the year mm-hmm. before which is mm-hmm. I don't want to be one of those girls that says I'm gonna just you know do events now that I've done my own wedding it wasn't quite like that I am straight up that girl <laughs> <laughs> and you do it well uh so I just I, I went from from Butler for a year and then I had a connection through a friend at a peak and I worked there for year, for for three years uh, and that's where I really dived into events the events that you know you and I do a lot, a lot more seriously and I got to build up and do galas and weddings and you know really think about the concept of food staging and you know mm-hmm. did some really banging setups for for corporate oh. parties and staff parties oh, so um, fun yeah <laughs> yeah I know yeah right oh. And then I ended up at, at Railtown, and I I always like to joke that it really came about because of a chicken club sandwich, <laughs> <laughs> which is to say, oh, story. oh my god, um, yeah, which which is to say, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys know this working in catering for many years that uh, you know we're always treated to a staff meal. It's it's a perk of the job, but it's sort of that double edged sword, and that sometimes it's amazing, and sometimes it's a a, a what what is this yes. <laughs> clean, yes. clean, clean the kitchen the kitchen sink the yeah. kitchen sink lunch if you will yeah. Yeah. and I, palace. Yeah. yeah yeah and it was uh it was I think a, a good long stint of I don't know what I'm eating sort of lunches and my friend Kim and I were just wanting to have our own lunch and I mean of course we get a brought a lunch it's not like we don't know how to make our own food but <laughs> we get spoiled to that point we totally do we're so spoiled <laughs> so we're just okay we need to need a good lunch and so we hopped in our car and we're trying to find a place to go because we're on the east side of town there's not not a ton around and so we decided we were going to hit up hit up Railtown and I I still remember this day so vividly because it was freezing cold and the line was really long and we were waiting to get in. And then we finally get inside and it's all of a sudden really warm and it smells like croissants and it smells like brisket. And I didn't know if I was in a French bakery or a barbecue house. And <laughs> like, I'm never leaving. I was like, what is this place? What is this place? It is incredible. Um, and I think I, I got a chicken club sandwich and a side soup and brought it back to work. And everyone at work is like, why did you go to a rival catering company to go get lunch? Like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I just really wanted a good sandwich. And it was from there that I, I just knew that this was a place that really inspired me and I was interested in. And, you know, I did some research and learned it was really a lot more than just a good sandwich shop um, and that the catering program was really incredible. Um, and so I did some research and found out that I had some mutual connections. I had a, my, one of my really good friends was 
uh, her partner was the owner. So I was like, hey, that's oh, new. Okay. <laughs> cool. Wow. Um, See, yeah. It's so small. It's such world. a small yeah, world. Yeah. It's such yeah. a small world. And so, you know, after a few conversations, like it wasn't like a quick jump, but then, uh, you know, I eventually found myself working in the events department in 2019. And I've been here since then. And I've been working in events and then working in events for about a year and a bit and then navigating COVID for now yeah, more than a year. No kidding. Oh and um, yeah, so I, I oversee the corporate department and the events mm-hmm. department. And uh, I, I have pretty much been the main point of contact for all of our clients for their event needs. Uh, so I'm helping them navigate COVID for the immediate future and work on, you know, planning some more normal events going into 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're, we're just doing, we, we do everything from the food to the rentals. We can help with decor and onsite management if that's needed. So we're kind of here to do as much or as little uh, as our, as our clients require. Cool. Oh my God. Such a small awesome. world, but Kelly and I went to Railtown and we met with the two persons that I think did your job. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember their name, but we had a good meeting with them. We're like, yeah, let's like work together. And it was all energizing. And then we kind of get this notice like, oh, they, they're not there anymore. And we're like, oh, we <laughs> totally disconnected with them. And then we found out it was you. We're like, yeah, you're like, better. Better. And I have to say, though, actually, that meeting, um, they very kindly offered to feed us, which I was like, yes, mm-hmm. thank you. We'll take mm-hmm. all your food. And I still dream about the, toast. the avocado, avocado toast. toast. That we oh, had. yeah. The avocado toast whole, is good. I don't know, so good. I don't know what the heck you guys put in there. It was like whipped ricotta. And there was yep. like, there was like, <laughs> like magic yep. and glitter and like, love and bread it was so damn was good so and i just i'm like we just we just go there just for that it was so delicious. it's it's so tempting and i have, and I have yeah mm-hmm. let me tell you oh man yeah that was definitely one of the pitfalls of of working at the butler too is like it's like there's their kitchen right there how much coffee did kelly have in a day i don't need gallons too much. Too gallons much. of coffee like no, i smell bins like, of cookies were the bad ones there oh and like the <laughs> cutoffs the too time. Oh, oh and yeah. all the cutoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. Um, yeah, our listeners, I, the cutoffs are there's a big sheet pan of brownies and cake, yes. and they cut oh, the corners I to make it. Right? Yeah, so there was plates of these strips of imperfect brownie, but it's still a brownie, it's and they'd always be like, food. "Do you guys want some?" And we're like, "No." And then as two, three o'clock rolls on, we got to move your cart. Yeah. Two forty-five. You're like, "Oh yeah, cookies." Yeah, so they're like, you know, I'll just, I'll just take a couple little pieces. Yeah, it's like on the plate. They're just waiting to be consumed. You're like, "I'm just gonna take this yeah. little guy over here," and you pick it up, and it's like, like the long part of the the, yeah. the brownie, and you're like, "Okay, well, it's all together. I'll just take it." All about the cutoff. Oh, yes. so good. So bad. <laughs> so or the so peanut butter good. dipped chocolate cookie. That was all oh, the weakness. No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we called it the, what was it, the Butler 15? Like, it... as soon as we left, I was like, wow, yeah. why I instantly lost a whole bunch of weight? Because I'm like, no longer, I don't have food at the ready now. Yeah. Now I have to like go and make it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you too about, I know it's off topic, but uh, so I came into the office when the recent goldfish incident happened. Were you both there when you learned how we uh no kelly kelly told me the goldfish story oh, yes actually. i was yeah the goldfish story was when i had first started so oh i was there God. for about six weeks and okay. um yes and then one morning i one monday morning i came into work and i had a large square vase with five goldfish <laughs> on my desk and i was like um I didn't ask for pets, but I mean, sure, cool. And we heard the story that um, the, um, the the guests at the wedding on the weekend 
were really, really drunk. And <laughs> they had goldfish as their centerpieces, which we highly, highly do not recommend. No. That's like put, that's oh. like putting a dog in the center of your table. Like, what is the matter with you people? Like, oh my goodness. Anyways, um, and they uh, they were so drunk that they were actually, um, their plan was to flush them down the toilet or throw them overboard so outside. Bad. And then people were starting to actually... Um, eat the fish because they were so Bite drunk. The so they were biting the heads off. It was absolutely awful. So our staff were like just, oh my goodness. And they grabbed as many PTSD. Fish. Literally had PTSD. Like one of them is like a member of PETA. Like it was a bad scene. So we ended up we ended up they rescued a whole bunch of the fish and they somehow landed on my office. And so then and then so Daryl was like, well let's get an aquarium. And Aaron's like, great. So she got this massive aquarium and these little goldfish, uh, we gave a few away. Some of them sadly went on to fish heaven. And the rest of them, we had that one goldfish that just ate everybody else. And it it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like, okay, who did he eat now? (laughs) Because there's one less fish and he's got a booty on him. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it wasn't the beautiful fish feature that you see at a dentist office. It was not. No one wanted to clean it. Exactly. So, um, obviously, if you guys haven't figured it out, Steph is here from Railtown uh, Catering. And I'm just going to give you a brief bio on the company. And then, Steph, please jump in and add any yeah, more isms sure. you'd like. So, uh, based in the District of Vancouver, East Vancouver, Railtown's catering passionate and dedicated team of event planners and chefs provide exceptional food and service for a wide variety of events and office deliveries. More than just your catering company, Real Town Catering not only offers French-inspired cuisine and specialty beverages, but also a full complement of skilled staff and event rental services. So you told us how you got there. Yep. What do you love about working there? What kind of gets you excited? Oh, so many things. I mean, food is what really gets me excited always. <laughs> and it's, um, yes. Preach into the choir. <laughs> right? yeah, it's, it's, so always easy, it's so easy to sell, though, too. Yeah. It's, it's just like everyone's food. hungry. So <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah, talking yeah. to new salespeople and it's like, how do you do it? It's like, how do you not sell chicken on a stick? People love meat it's, on a stick. I don't get yeah. it. It's yeah. very easy to sell. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think the biggest thing I really like about Railtown is they've taken that uh, fine dining restaurant approach and scaled it to a catering company nice. um, in, in a way that can sometimes get lost when companies get really big. Mm-hmm. So like, we're, we're a scratch kitchen through and through and we really mean it. We make everything from the bread to the bacon in house. And it's, it's that freshest best approach to food is really what I like most. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be what keeps our clients coming back. Like anybody can get a sandwich in the city and you can spend $7. You can spend $14. Um, our, our sandwich is on the top end and it, and it really tastes that way and it feels that way because of the love and passion we put into our product. Mm-hmm. Um, we really have a seasonal approach to food. Like I, I, I really enjoy that every menu I put out is, is really relatively different uh, from one to the other. It mm-hmm. will vary on the venue and the season and what we can do with the kitchen capacity and what the clients really love or, or you know, or don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, I really like about how we approach food. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that I mean, it's it's sort of like a French meets West Coast menu. It's very seasonal and, and fresh so, and yummy. It's so, uh, so delicious. It's yeah, so, so delicious. Yeah. I've done, I've done a few um, tasters with you and just even, even your, um, just your approach with your clients as well. And just kind of explaining to them like what each item is, where it comes from, um, obviously the love that goes into it. And also even a little bit of like the flexibility in the menu too. So I mean, yeah. obviously our job is to, our job is, that's going back to the, back <laughs> to the days. Um, but I mean, as a caterer, the job is, your job is to, feed people. And yeah. if some people are like, actually, I don't really like this. I'm like, cool. Well, let's find something that you do enjoy or that you do like so that you yeah. are sort of enjoying the the total 
overall experience too, because it really is an experience. And catering is such a, such a luxury as well, because not everybody gets to be able to do it. So it's always usually for like a special event too, right? So you're you're trying to to kind of, you know, make everything kind of come together and it's exactly I just love it. I love the I mean we're we're here and our chefs get that they're here to cook food for for clients. Like they're there because mm-hmm. they want to buy food, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. of course if there's something that needs to be changed, it's it's that's what we're here for. And that's yeah. that's the whole point of it. And obviously there's like there are limitations within that. Our, yeah. our chefs obviously <laughs> want to want to make sure that when you know they're they're creating food that tastes good, and they they you know they typically know you know what what pairs well and what doesn't, and they're they're happy yeah. to make suggestions and and plan accordingly. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the best thing too is that um, like what you said, knowing the limitations. So so when people say like I want this instead, you're like cool, we can do that. However, we're gonna change it so that the flavor still tastes really well because I think one of the craziest things that we would always get was people that were like, I'm allergic to garlic or I'm, a, I'm allergic to, to onions or I can't have anything like that. And you're like, okay, no problem. Like we'll we'll work around that, but it definitely changes. If you have like a pasta dish and you're like, I can't yeah. have garlic, you're like, cool, you're not having pasta. <laughs> We're going to yeah. do something else for you. Yeah. But it's like, I hope you don't like, want pasta because it's probably going to happen. Maybe not going to work, right? So you're <laughs> yeah. like, okay, well, no problem because we have a few, we've got like a huge list of other items that we can provide you that do not have what you're not allowed mm-hmm. to have. That's going to taste yeah. absolutely awesome um, because otherwise it's a disappointment, right? Yeah. Like if you have, you're still working with the original menu and you just take something out, you're like, okay, well, this definitely needed that item. Yeah. But that's sort of the gist of what we do and yeah. how we do it. And yeah. I love it. And I'm hoping soon that we can get back to doing more of it. But in the meantime, we've, yeah. we've really pivoted a lot and are doing a lot of take home meals and kit, you know, like different kits and stuff that can be for, for your little bubble at home. And we're working on some really fun stuff for Mother's Day, which I'm excited about. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, we're just sort of moving with which with each season and doing something different each month that we wouldn't normally do because we don't have the time. And yeah. hopefully, when things get back to normal, it'll be normal plus all these new cool things we've been yes. doing for the last year. And yes. and that's uh, that's where we're at. Nice. That's Love awesome. It. Cool. Yeah. Well, we are here actually to talk about something totally different. Um, well, we're actually here with our for our design series, and we want to talk about how the type of food service you have for your reception can kind of affect the overall tablescape and decor. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about how something like a family style dinner service would change the type of decor you have on the table versus a plated dinner? Yeah, absolutely. I actually thought that you're a conversation about the goldfish was a really nice segue into evil right? <laughs> <laughs> design Here's what you don't do. never not put do. live animals in your table decor. no no kidding Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> so table design it's something it's a topic i really really like to talk about a lot and it's something that doesn't often come up soon enough for me because mm. i find in the natural process of planning an event as a couple you get engaged, you get excited, you go on Pinterest, you look at the tablescapes, you get an idea of how you want it to look, and then you think about the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really natural and normal. Uh, but there are some some critical things to think about mm-hmm. as you're starting the planning process to figure out what's most important. And, and the biggest, and it seems obvious to me, but perhaps not, is that the most important part is physical table space to hold dishes on the table if yes. you're doing something like family style. So for, you know, you know, for thinking about tables, even now going into the future, you know, anywhere from six to eight guests, you're either going to be looking at a, a six or eight foot table or a, a five to six foot round table, you need to have enough space on that on that table to account for three to four 
fairly large dishes at the same time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's really important to think about leaving leaving spaces and gaps for those things to be mm-hmm. able to easily put down without too much shimmying. Mm-hmm. You also have to keep in keep in mind your your table your actual place settings uh, and the fact that people come in, they sit down maybe with another glass of wine, they put their cell phone down, they put a purse down. Mm-hmm. Often in the spaces that you've left for those family style dishes, it's good to it's good to. I can't tell you how many times I go to drop a plate at a table and there's so much new and exciting accoutrements <laughs> on the table that weren't there before that I'm trying to politely move. Somebody's put their purse down and they've walked away, and I don't want to touch their stuff, but I need to make room. Yes, you yeah. just put yeah. delicate. Like everyone saw me move it. I haven't touched yeah. anything else. Yes, yeah. so, I mean, yeah. I mean that's that's a really big factor. I always uh, I always recommend uh, king tables or forty inch wide tables if you're mm-hmm. going with rectangular ones to mm-hmm. to do that extra space. Mm-hmm. So um, and it's also really important to consider like the overall height of the decor. So if you're going to do something like a family style mm-hmm. dinner, maybe having really tall uh, centerpieces or candles uh, are, are not the best thing to have there because they mm-hmm. could get knocked over or they're just hard to maneuver around. Um, you know, those are really suitable decor pieces for plateds or buffets where you don't really have to maneuver around the table. And just, you know, I like to think about it as when, when you are doing something like family style, use, use the food as an opportunity to be a bit of a decor piece. So think about, you know, asking your caterer for menus that are really colorful or, you know, I I don't like to say choose a a color palette for the food because that can sometimes make a chef go crazy. Yeah. um, it kind of pigeonholes you a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, we're not going to obviously do like a slate Orange. blue food menu for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything but, is gray. Yeah, <laughs> but like, you know, if you want to do, you know, a really sort of alfresco style uh, event and really have the food be be the focus and think about certain types of dishware that are that have a sort of color tones that that, that will complement the tablescape. Um, so those are ways that you can that. that help support those different styles of service. Yeah, absolutely. I That totally makes sense. I, I remember one time, I was actually a New Year's wedding that I did years ago for the butler, and I was working with this huge company, um, and they created this beautiful, beautiful arrangement, and they had these like wood rounds with these giant floral arrangements on top, and it was like a traditional... Um, it was a 60 inch round and they had packed with people. So it was like 10 people per table. Oh yeah. Oh my God. It was so tight. And then they had all this decor and it was a plate of dinner. And we're like, where are we supposed to put the food? And we ended up having (laughs) to pull the decor off the table. And I remember working when I first got into weddings, that was one of the things that my, um, um, the, the owner of the company said, she said, you're always having to communicate all the time as a planner. And as somebody who's working with the decor as well, always communicate with your, with your catering. Because the last thing you want to do is spend hundreds of dollars on a centerpiece mm-hmm. to have to take it off for dinner. Yeah. I would be, I would, as a client, I would be so pissed. I'd be like, put those flowers back. They can, yeah. eat, off, they can eat off the floor. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. you know? so, so how do you approach it? If Because like, I'm just thinking of the how a whole wedding is put together. So you're the caterer. You're providing the food, the service, the rentals. Yep. Then there's, say, the bride and groom, the couple, and then the decorator. Do you try to connect with the decorator or – the DIY. I don't think your price point would get a DIY wedding. Occasionally, but not yeah. always. Yeah. Um, a How lot of the times, that? a lot, I'm always happy to reach out on, you know, obviously with the permission of the client uh, mm-hmm. to reach out to a decorator and have those mm-hmm. conversations to get a clear picture. 
for me, I'd, I'd rather take the extra steps um, to, to benefit the event and the client mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's something that I'm always happy to do to make sure we're all on the same page. If, if the client isn't able to, to provide that information to me mm-hmm. on their own. Um, the other flip side of it is often I'm working with planners that either are decorators or they, they're already leasing with, with decorators. So yeah. that, that sort of avenue solves itself. For sure. You know, but I, I mean, I have, I have, I definitely have clients that will organize their own rental pieces or decor pieces. And usually what I do is I'll ask for invoices or proposals so that I can, I can mm. review the documentation yeah. myself. So yeah. smart. Just, just as a safeguard, just to make yeah. sure that the right things are rented and we've got proper quantities. Um, just, mm. just, just to make sure that it's safe. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. But I'm yeah. sure you've gotten to an event like, to your own event and realize that there is a problem. <laughs> like we all have yeah, done that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I guess you just kind of figure it out. But with COVID, I can't, can't almost can't remember. I was like, You're like sure. it's been forever. <laughs> remember 2019. 2019 was great. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Lots yeah. of flourish events and stuff. But yeah. I- but I think you're also like, if you're ever um, able to do site visits as well, I mean, it's in that moment yeah. too, where you have all, if yeah. you can get all of the vendors together, at least have the planner, at least have the decorator, you know, the catering there as well. Then you're all together in a room you're like, okay, this is what we're planning on doing. This is how many tables you have. What size are they? Okay, great. Our plan is to do this sort of service. Um, then yeah. the decorator can be like, oh, okay, good. Good to know. You know, I've also done obviously floor plans, but I've also done tablescape floor plans for clients. So we're doing that. <laughs> uh, where, you know, we're like, okay, you want to seat eight people, you know, somebody wants to seat 10 or 11 at a table. And I'm like, that's really tight. Do you want to see what all the components will actually look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll, I'll use software and sketch it all out for them and show them what the plates and the glasses and the centerpieces and show, you know, just how much or little space is in between. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's a nice visual to, to help understand uh, if it's the right fit for them. Absolutely. I find we do. I mean, I remember just doing so much. I, I would have a phone call with a client and I would spend 90% of the time just educating them on, on what catering is and what's involved with it and how it affects the overall look as well. Um, yeah. Cause I always found, I always find like what you were saying too, I think it's so creative that you're using your food as part of your decor. Cause it's, again, it's one of those things you're paying for it. I mean, why yeah. wouldn't you incorporate that into the overall feel of the of the, your experience of mm-hmm. the event whether it's a wedding whether it's a corporate event like whatever that ends up being I think it's so important to be able to 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 use that as well but yeah I remember telling people I'm like that's that's not feasible <laughs> and they would show me Pinterest photos I'm like oh my gosh that's so cute no <laughs> yeah styled yeah. styled photos are very deceiving 100 percent very yeah. very tricky to yeah, yeah. to educate people on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's so true too. Cause I, you know, and Tarina and I, when we would be doing, we'd do wedding shows, um, you know, the last, like kind of the leading up to the, now the closure of the world, but, um, we would do a lot of wedding shows and we'd always explain to people, like we'd have brides come up to the table and be like, Oh, this is examples of what we can do with colors and looks and samples and all that stuff. But I, I would always preface with them. I'm like, this is a super amped up bougie version of what mm-hmm. we can do for you mm-hmm. when it's your day. It's going to fit a little, maybe closer to your budget, but it's also going to be, what's the word I'm trying to say? Like, like it's elements make, of this? Well, it's, but it's going to make sense for your style because the one thing when you are designing the overall look is you want to make sure that things are, and you mentioned, you touched on this too, is the height of your yeah. decor in the center of the table. 
I love the idea of taper vases. I love the idea of these huge, grand, tall arrangements, but sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, like you want to be able to see the other people on the other side of the You want to be able to have a conversation with them as well, right? And if you have this right? And if you have this huge table to accommodate all your food, the last thing you want is, you know, getting like a megaphone (laughs) and being like, hello. How's the chicken over there? Right? (laughs) Totally. Oh my goodness. Do you have a yeah. major pet peeve when it comes to table design that kind of conflicts with catering? <laughs> a little bit. I just have one. Um, <laughs> I just, I, th- I think back to an event. I did a, a plated dinner a couple years back um, at the Robert H. Lee Alumni Center. It's big, beautiful ballroom. Mm, nice. And yes. you can have big weddings there. And it was a plated and there was probably 25, 30 tables and the bride had made these very beautiful acrylic table number signs etched in faint white paint (laughs) and like tucked in with the flower arrangements it looked so cute like again another example of something that would be a very beautiful photo but I'll tell you I'd be damned if I could find the table numbers (laughs) while I'm trying to drop the food and like I had obviously I had a floor plan and but you know when there's 30 tables and you're in the middle of service like all you want to do is see like a very clear table sign yes so, and, the, and the lights are low and you're like and the lights are low. Lights. I know it's everywhere yeah. it's tough right so I think there's certain things like table numbers are one of those things that are sort of an they, they can be an afterthought and they they can obviously be overthought and I think the most important thing to remind people about is that they're an important logistical tool for your Mm -hmm. vendors for food service uh, and they should be they can be beautiful but they should be very clear and be able to see from like a good six to ten feet away Mm -hmm. and potentially a bit elevated around the decor so that there's something that we don't have to poke around guests to try to to find (laughs) it's like the name cards too we're actually doing a file in september hopefully that um the name cards for the choices because they have three meat fish veg and the stationary person um tonya from paper poet she's like we suggest doing a color so we're doing different types of metallics like a gold a brown that's really helpful too visually see from 20 feet back that person's having fish and i thought that idea was so cool it makes it look that's awesome yeah because i've seen the gold faint writing on the right or or like a dot a square and a circle (laughs) i've had i've had it where it's been um an image too where it's like a carrot or like a chicken or a cow or something like that where i'm like oh that's subtle and at least everything is somewhat uniform Mm -hmm. but you can still kind of see what it is Mm -hmm. and i know from back of house too typically when you're when you're um plating everything and having it sent out with your staff too it's usually like seat one to, to eight or one to six and you're like okay you've got seat one two three four five six so you yep. usually kind of know yep. where you're where you're bringing things that's as well, that's but. usually my approach because people move around so much too they that do. I've, oh, yeah. i mean i've almost given up on trying to plan for place cards being <laughs> where they are supposed to be and yeah. as soon as again as soon as people sit down and move their napkins and things like that it, they often get moved in such a way that you can't always see them yeah. so yeah. for us i you know i I always try to just do the approach of sending my team to where I know is seat one and get yes. them to kind of come around in a circle and hopefully everyone's seated where they're supposed to be and it all works out and most of the time it does. So yeah. that's, yeah, but definitely the table numbers, being able to see them for the larger events is really crucial for things to move smoothly as opposed mm-hmm. to having little gaps in service and lag time trying to figure out where we're at. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I was trying to make things as in, feel as intentional as possible. So if there is that that sort of delay a little bit that you try and make it feel like, oh no, we're we're this is okay. Like it's just relaxing time, and then and then all of a sudden you can kind of come out and continue on with service. I I try and do that whenever I'm doing decor as well as I'll something will might not necessarily work out the way we originally planned it's like okay well we're just gonna make it um we're gonna make it look as good as we can and as far as everyone's concerned it's supposed to look like that nobody knows (laughs) nobody knows exactly yeah Yeah. now um I guess another question we have for you is does the shape of the table make a difference when it comes to service or Hmm. how would you approach that Sometimes, yeah. yes, and sometimes no. <laughs> I guess it depends on the venue too, right? Because some venues offer a great yeah. big, big open space and some do not. <laughs> For sure. So, I mean, obviously work within certain – a lot of it will depend on your guest count. Um, you know, I always like to say generally, like long tables are really efficient for cramming in lots of people into a space. Not that we're doing that anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, if we're looking at it, comparing it from service to service, family style is a lot more flexible in terms of like whether it's round tables or rectangular or you know, long tables. It, it's pretty easy to to make service as long as you've made say like made space nice. on the table. When you get into plated service, uh, it gets a little bit more complicated, or you know, at least logistically involved. Uh, generally, plated service requires a high level of staff and coordination. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I prefer to have round tables or individual rectangular tables for, for a plated service from a caterer's perspective for a few different reasons. Uh, with, with individual tables, it's really nice to be able to serve everyone at once yes. and move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you get a big, beautiful, long harvest table, we have to figure out a few different wow. factors. For example, if you have 40 people at a big, long table – Generally speaking, unless you've got a ton of service staff, only half of that table is going to get served at once or a third of that table at once. So inevitably, there's two people with a plate and then the two people next to them don't have a plate. Yeah. Right. Food. And like, so which isn't, which can be awkward or maybe the, you know, maybe is a couple that's not important to you. So I just like to, you know, preface those things. I think like the long, the long harvest table rows are very, in trend they've been in trend for the last little while and I, people still really like to do them but they can be very challenging to facilitate in terms of just like you know knowing where we are in, in service and making sure that everyone is served expediently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it always kind of bums me out when people are waiting for for food when someone else has it next to them so it's, mm-hmm. it's always I always say I said awkward only because there's nothing worse than when you're like a, we were saying you're at a, like a table of 10 and you've only got like yeah. six of them served and the other two are just like hey what's up yeah. <laughs> waiting for the food and you're like you can see it coming but then they're actually serving the tables beside you because yeah. those yeah. are the next ones out so yeah for sure yeah generally when we when we do individual tables whether it's six at a table, eight at a table, or 10 at a table, I I will always staff the event so that everyone at that table can be served at once. So Mm -hmm. sometimes when it's, when it's smaller groups, like six or eight at a table, I only need a set amount of servers per station. But like when you have a long table and you have 40 people sitting at it, that would mean I would need 20 service staff members out at the same time to be able to, to serve like, you know, French style with every, where everyone gets served at once. And Unless you're a real baller, you're probably, you know, 
you probably don't have that much service staff on hand and it's not the best use of your budget. So it would just be for that one moment. Yeah. But um, yeah. But I mean, if you're doing family style, it's really easy to, you know, to drop six or eight plates at once with, Mm -hmm. you know, with the same amount of staff. So that's where it works really well. Do you have a favorite style of catering? Like do you lean towards one over the other? Uh, I, I really like family style. Yeah. It's it's fun and casual, but still offers that element of upscale service. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bit easier to expedite in, in the kitchen. It's a little bit less yeah. stressful. Yeah. Um, like I certainly love the visual of plateds, but they give me a little baby ulcer every time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know, you're like we just want it to go really well. Oh. I honestly, I have to say plated is probably one of the most challenging services to execute because what you said earlier about how people always end up changing their spots. Why do I come off looking like the asshole because you had to change from table four to table 11 and then you're like, we're the fish of like, nah, bitch, you're sitting at table beef. (laughs) (laughs) Table beef. I love that. I heard one of my servers say, like, oh, um, did you order the steak or the chicken? And then she's like, oh, um, I'll have the chicken. And she had the steak. No. Like, Your name card says steak, lady. That's what you're getting. You're getting <laughs> the food, right? And they, it's yeah. always the whole, like, oh, well, actually. And you always yeah. – and I always used to tell clients, our clients all the time, I'm like, you're going to have people that are going to change in the moment. And we always offer a slight buffer just in case mm-hmm. there's some changes. Or it's for dietary restrictions only, not right, preference of taste. Right? Or, yeah, because or, yeah, they'll be like, oh, I see this. I actually – I would like that instead versus what you ordered, right? So Ooh, there's always – it's always so challenging. There's for sure. a f- I- fantastic Silicon Valley bit. Um, it's an HBO show. And the guy was like, I'm, I ordered a pesca pescatarian dish. I oh, only God. want a fish that eats fish. And he's like, and I want to make a fuss about it so that when I get my meal, everybody wants to switch the order. And then sure enough, he got this <laughs> fish dish. And then everybody at the table is like, I want that. I want that. I want that. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> like, oh, this speaks to me so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah, with family style, you know, everybody gets to have a bit of everything and it's mm-hmm. not, it's, I mean, there's no fighting over the pesca pescatarian fish. So. <laughs> yes, Yeah, and you're right too, because we always used to explain it as something like you could have your buffet, which is usually the, um, is typically lower in price point because it's less staff, it's less less rentals, it's all that stuff. You have to go up, get your food and come back. Some people love that and they're fine with it because they feel like it's, you can go to a buffet and there's a lot of food and it feels like from an optics perspective, you're like, wow, there's so much. Yeah, versus, I mean, it's the same amount of food for families. It really is the same. It is a, yeah. exactly. It really is the same amount versus plated, which is so much more elegant. The food is brought to you, especially if you've got these beautiful gowns and you don't want to walk around. It just has this level of just elegance and opulence. It feels amazing. Um, my husband hates plated. He's always like, can you please put snacks in your purse? Because I'm always always hungry after plated (laughs) family style is like the best of both worlds because it is brought to you like a plated but you can serve yourself like a buffet so Mm -hmm. it's great for people who are he can want maybe i don't like that salad or i like the salad i don't like this meat i like that meat so you can kind of like play around with it a little bit so it's great it's and it's also nice too for venues where uh you know thinking back to when we will Mm -hmm. have larger events (laughs) where you want to have everyone seated and and sometimes Sometimes there's not really room for a buffet yeah. setup or it doesn't make sense yes. for the space. Yeah. So I know like, for example, when we work at the mm-hmm. permanent in Vancouver, it's when you, when you get your max guest count, you really, it really only makes sense to do a plate yes. or a family style yeah. dinner there. Um, just because the, the way that the venue is configured, the, the walking space isn't mm-hmm. I- ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, 
that's an example of where family style can help you uh, have both maximize your space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. Um, yeah. Do you find that sometimes people will do a mix of the table shapes? Like sometimes they'll do like uh, some yeah. rounds and then some of the, like they'll, they'll sort of a shorter version of a harvest table, the longer, the longer ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's really nice. It's quite often it'll happen in spaces. Usually I've seen this happen in spaces where there are no rentals included and everything. you have to bring in everything mm-hmm. yourself um, because most venues that do stock equipment typically only have either all rounds yeah. or all rectangulars or they don't have enough of the rectangulars. Yeah. So but I think it's really beautiful. It's not always the most space mm-hmm. efficient, but it's a nice way to fill space yeah. potentially if you're trying to make a room, you know, look like it's got more furniture. Sure. Or yeah. yeah. I've seen a couple sort of, I, I've got like a thousand folders on Instagram where I'm like, floor plans, I love these. <laughs> and some of them that I've seen, I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow, that's so gorgeous. But I'm like, logistically, that is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and I know I know places like um, yeah. like Highcroft, for example, Highcroft is in um, South, South Granville area, a beautiful old um, house that's been redone. I got into married a, there. Yeah, it's Tarina's wedding venue. Yes, and they've got this gorgeous patio on the back there. And um, people always love doing like the long harvest style tables. Well, there's like, you want to, yeah. you, you can fit like 130 people out there. Well, there's no way you could do one long table so you're going to do more like shorter tables of like maybe 15 with a small gap in the center for service because at the end of the day it comes down yeah. to service as well like I, I love the idea of the harvest it's my favorite look as the harvest but also logistically you need to be able to a get to the bathroom as a guest but also you need <laughs> yes. to be able to like give gaps or you don't want to be reaching over people trying to fill water glasses and wine glasses mm-hmm. and clearing plates from like yes. over their giant centerpiece you know yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, i was so thirsty my dishes were there forever <laughs> yes but did you see the yeah. 250 yeah. dollar flowers oh you don't remember those because we could not yes. reach them. <laughs> <laughs> right. exactly oh my gosh so there's good. one mm. piece of advice that you could give a couple that's inquiring with you about their layout what would you what would you give them like as soon as possible so they've booked their venue they've booked us catering is like the next biggest thing before they even consider decor um just because i find that decor changes based on your guest count as well and obviously right now in this moment we're not able to do any kind of dinner receptions really so considering this like we're not in the the life of covid like this is a regular season they haven't decided on their decor what is one thing you'd be like cool consider this when you are figuring out your decor for example the wallace is a beautiful venue in north vancouver it's new it's only a few years old it's like a totally open space you have to bring in basically everything they do have rex rectangular tables there and they've got chairs there but otherwise you have to bring it all in Mm -hmm. is there one thing you'd be like hey guys keep this in mind when you are thinking about your menu I just, I feel like the experience is something that should be factored into the food menu. I always like to ask clients, are they looking for food to be really pretty and delicious on the plate and be a a sort of visual centerpiece? Or are they looking for their guests to really be able to interact and talk and have this sort of nice social experience? Because that will, and and yeah, so in in that case, you know, I'm more likely to recommend a family style Mm -hmm. service. Uh, if they're looking for that more sort of fine dining, beautiful presented plates, then, you know, I would, I'd, I'd likely recommend something like a plated service. But I, I don't know that, you know, the ven, like the venues are all very adaptable and can, and can do any of them. 
So it, it really just comes down to their their personal preference and overall mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. in the space. I think that's that, that's totally makes sense, yeah. and that's something that we like we've yeah. always said with our with with our clients is one thing we always say: people remember how they felt. And they remember yeah. that they were fed well, that they had a really great experience, that they were mm-hmm. able to connect with somebody at their table that they hadn't seen in years and things like that. So experience yeah. um, is kind of one of those overall things that we always really try and encourage. And food is one of those super important elements of that. Yeah. yeah I mean, the other thing that I think is really important before before couples get too excited about the overall sort of event design and table setup is really understanding like what the venue has and using that to their advantage. Um, so for example, you know, if you've booked a venue and you really have this beautiful vision of a round table setup and the venue has dozens of long tables, like mm-hmm. does that really affect, you know, from a budgeting perspective, do you, do you know, do you want to spend the extra money to bring in equipment that already exists mm-hmm. there? And I see that happen a lot where, you know, people want to do, or usually it's the flip side. People want to do a nice, beautiful long table setup, but the venue is only stocking right. rounds. I mean, that's another important thing to factor is making sure that your vision aligns with, with the venue that you've mm-hmm. chosen mm-hmm. and is working to yeah. your benefit. I think another big takeaway yeah. is also uh, the sooner the better it is that all the vendors connect specifically you the catering company decor and florist those are kind of the three obviously the planner would lead that but sometimes that doesn't always happen like in a perfect setting so the Mm -hmm. sooner that you connect your catering with your decor and planner and floral the better the experience is going to be for the guests because you could have a vision and the decor could have a vision when you get to the space it's completely different and then it kind of clashes you want it all to look the same we have a thing with guest favors we can do a beautiful catering we can do beautiful setting and decor and then the guest favor can be a completely different color and just almost tarnish the look <laughs> like yeah. we got um yeah. we got yeah. big red boxes once on a blush palette pastel wedding and all you saw in the decor was just these red boxes <laughs> of chocolate yep. it's like yep. oh, we should have put it in a basket so th- things yeah. like that is that we want to make sure that everybody's connecting and communicating yeah. so that you're event seems cohesive right yeah, for sure yeah for sure. so where can we find you what's the best way to get a hold of you so our i mean it's probably easiest for people just to visit our website railtowncatering.ca i get all of the queries that come directly through our contact form so i mean you can find me there you can call me at our office line um my email is available on the website it's very long and it's spelled ah, funny that's so it. I'm not gonna... we'll have we'll have it in our show notes so <laughs> yeah so um yeah you can always drop me a line via our website and uh i'll get back to you right away and uh yeah that's, that's where you can find do me. you run the instagram or do you have access to the instagram the dms i don't but i have a social media team that alerts me when dms come through that are specific okay. to um so yes yeah, so you can always right. do that through there and then our, our social team will get in touch um, I'm glad I don't have access to the social because it would be like one more <laughs> one avenue more for me to be staring at a <laughs> yeah. screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we have a good dedicated team that manages that for, for us and for the cafe. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you guys can also support by visiting their cafe as well. You guys have that open. What's when's your cafe? What are your cafe hours? Our cafe hours are 8 30 to 6, Monday nice. to Friday, and 11 to 4, Saturday, okay. Sunday. We're doing takeout only right now, and um, we are also doing lots of fun promotions coming up for Mother's Day and Father's Day. So check us out on social exactly. for updates. And on is that. there any newsletters or anything that we can sign up as well? Or yeah, 
Yeah, you, you can sign up through the website. Yeah, for sure. Stay up to date yeah. on all that good fun stuff. Honestly, guys, so um, delicious. Your food is like so freaking good. <laughs> I am spoiled. I really just want a sandwich. I know that avo toast. I just want the avo toast. <laughs> it's good. We've just uh, switched over to our spring and summer menu, so I'm excited to try some new things. Yes. Oh my yeah. goodness. Well, we'll be there outside. Yes, maybe please. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on our show today, Steph, to talk. And you know what? You just said the word query, which I'm pretty sure is stemmed from the butler, butler because I've only ever heard that word from people walking in the office saying <laughs> query. You know where that came from? <laughs> query came from Missy. Oh. Missy used to say that all the time. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Still continue. So when you said it, I was like, whoa, that was a flashback <laughs> to the butler. <laughs> so it's full circle, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about design. And now I, all I want is a sandwich. <laughs> but so yeah. Uh, so until next time, guys, take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey there. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Wedding Session. Remember to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get updates to your phone for the latest episodes. Want to connect with us? Hit us up on Instagram at The Wedding Session. We're people first and planners second, and understand everyone deserves their own unique wedding experience. So when it comes to planning your wedding, do what's right for you. This episode was written, produced, and created by us. us. <laughs> <laughs>